0: Welcome back everyone to Neo Reality Collective, I am your host Eric Brown, and tonight we are finishing this last portion of the week's news off, and there's a ton of Starfield content, but first I would like to give a solemn farewell to famous DC Comics artist Tin Saleh. He was credited for a lot of things, such as the Long Halloween, or as it could be also called the Long Halloween Trilogy, such as Dark Victory, and all that. Haunted Night, and he has done a lot of work at Marvel and DC over the years. I believe his last comic was, ironically enough, The Long Halloween, special one-shot that took place after the events of the first Long Halloween story, and, well, it did look like they were setting up a sequel, but uh, we'll probably never see the light of day. It depends on, ha- depends on that, really. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't much of a fan of Tim Sully's artwork because it just felt so stylized in a way I just didn't like. It just came off as weird to me. Uh, like, I know there's been explanations about why the artwork's like that because he was going for a more caricature style of artwork. It just doesn't fit for me. It's very... Ish for me. But... The legacy of Tim Saleh will not be forgotten, as we also look forward to the Long Halloween Collected Edition Deluxe that involves combining the two animated features that give a different ending, uh, that makes it less complicated than what the Baha Long Halloween actually was. But his credits and contributions to the comic book industry and works of his magma opuses will not be forgotten. And now the grieving process begins. Let's move forward. So, starting off, Stalker 2 has an, is now looking like it was targeting the first half of 2023 according to a new Xbox graphic. That's a positive development due to the war in the Ukraine, because the Russians just had to ruin everything for us this year. Stalker 2 now appears to be set for 2023. Xbox tweeted a graphic with images of upcoming games, and Stalker 2 is listed in the, under the 2023 side of the graphic, seemingly confirming that the game has been delayed again. However, it seems the game is targeting for the first half of 2023. As Xbox knows, all the listed games in the image above are t- listed in the image are targeting the release over the next 12 months. Earlier it was pushed back from April twenty second, April twenty twenty two to December twenty twenty two due to the events that occurred in the world. And at the time, GCS GSC Game World said the delay would help the team fulfill our vision and achieve the desired state of the game. And then, shortly after this announcement, development had to pause because Russia doesn't know when to stop, and they had to shift to the sidelines and you know had to move. Because they thought they could continue after the victory, uh, but that's gonna take for that will take a long time. Right now, where right now everything looks to be in a torrential war zone, uh, war of attrition. But yeah, they had to resume work in the game. That developers relocated to Poland, Warsaw, and yeah, yeah, it's um, it's bad. So we'll have to see what the developers cook up next, and we'll be seeing them later. Meanwhile, the ex-Cyberpunk 2077 developers unveiled the next gameplay for The Invincible, an upcoming sci-fi exploration game coming from the AAA developers and we were given our first look at the fit footage during a PC gaming show. The new game features Dr. Yasana uh, aside to exploring a desert planet to find their missing crewmates. The game takes cues from Firewatch as Dr. Yasana is speaking to a character named Novik on the radio as they discuss what could have happened to the missing crew. The game pace is very calm and quiet, letting the players experience a highly detailed environment and listen to the conversation play out. And the trailer ends with what most likely is Yashana's death, implying the game will feature multiple playable characters, and you can watch that content on YouTube. The game's story is inspired by a novel by Polish author Stanislaw Lem. The book, also titled The Invincible, explores the hostile, lifeless planet of Regis Three after the spaceship crew crash lands there. Been in development at Star Wars Industries, a studio made up of veteran developers with experience on The Witcher 3, Cyberpunk, and Dead Island, and more. It was first unveiled in 2020 of uh, September and is coming to the console sub and PC in 2023. The new de- studio described itself as a double A built with AAA experience, with their website saying, We want to pursue quality mastered in previous endeavors to deliver in small yet even groundbreaking projects. So, Good luck with that. Ah, uh, th- this sounds interesting. Like, I che- I wanted to check out the trailer and gameplay footage, and it looks interesting, but I am curious to know what is killing people if it's a lifeless planet. So anyways, with... Speaking of lifeless sucking the planet life out, I'll blizzard! Diablo Floor! It's been announced that Diablo 4 will be updated for years to come, including with both paid cosmetics, BOOM, and full story expansions. Yay! Rod Ferguson took to Twitter to answer some fan questions, saying, To be clear, Diablo 4 is a full price game built for PC, Xbox, and PlayStation audiences. We are committed to delivering an incredible breadth of content after launch for years to come and get around optional cosmetic items and full-story-driven expansions. It's unclear clear how many DLC packs will be released, nor how frequently they will arrive after the game is launched in 2023, but Ferguson promised that more details will be coming soon. first game, the last game, Diablo 3, was released in 2012, and received two big story expansions, Reaper of Souls in 2014, and Rise of the Necromancer in 2017. Fans therefore may have to wait years if it follows a similar route, but as mentioned, there's currently no confirmation if it will. So, yeah, it will also be cross play and cross platform between consoles and PC, and it's the fifth and final final class of Necromancer was revealed during the Xbox Bethesda Game Showcase. We will be talking about the biggest thing that was mentioned there, But, uh... Yeah, speaking of Diablo, Immortal came out. Bullshit. So... Yeah, I'm not gonna go into that, because if I do, I'm gonna scream. Ten years to wait to get this game completed if you were to grind every day. Okay... Meanwhile, Spider Verse 2's villain is one of the quote deepest cuts in Spider Man's roads gallery. So, they wrap. There was a question for saying, uh, um, there was a question by the co-director Kev Powers at the at the International Film Festival. I would pronounce the first name, but I'm not gonna try. Like announcing that, say, regarding who could top King. Kingpin, and Dr. Octavius. For those who are not hardcore canon nerds, the spot is one of the deepest cuts in Spider-Man's rogues gallery. But he has a superpower that really excited our entire team. His body is covered in a little interdimensional pores that can send him anywhere he wants to go. As such, he will most likely be featured in a comic book soon again, once he gets mainstream. <laughs> so, there's a character that's going to be voiced by Jason Jason's. St- I can't pronounce that. I'm not gonna try. Uh, he has oh, op- he has interdimensional portals over his body, and effectively slinging his opponents' blowbacks back at them and whatnot. <laughs> oh boy, they're screwed. We thought it would be really cool if the portals felt like a living ink that had a spill or splattered on the comic's artist drawing. His very simple power provides endless exciting challenges and permutations for our team. So there's a small little TV spot for it where where Miles Morales tries to kick the spot, but it's foot inadvertently, inadvertently hitting Spider-Gwen in the background because he is the spot. unknown if he will be Dr. Jonathan Onan in the comic books and his original backstory, but yeah, all hell's gonna break loose with this character, and he's gonna get a comic book mini-series to explore him more that will no doubt be tie-ins in order to sell money. Meanwhile, the Call of Duty studio Infinity Ward, run by the crazy perverted psychopath, seems to be working on an open-world RPG. Oh god, that's surprising. So, so, if Ward's like, okay, we've done so many Call of Duty games, so many Call of Duty games, it's time to do something different. And there's a job, descri- do- job advertisement inspired by games Radar. The tweet from the Call of Duty news account, Charlie Intel, makes it clear that this is an announcement for a AAA product, unannounced, with a Don year narrative set in an open world. I would be interested, but if you kick out Bobby Keltig and all the corrupt business leaders, then I'd probably be interested. Meanwhile, remember uh uh remember Ryan Johnson, the guy who made the last Jedi and has not gone away from that reception he got. Well, uh, he's officially announced the sequel to Knives Out Knives Out 2, and it's officially revealed its title called Glass Onion. My god, according to the press release, East glass on you will see the return of Daniel Cray as the eccentric detective Benoit Black, bl- Blank, wh- whatever, who will travel to Greece to solve a new mystery. While in Greece, Blank will also be an entirely new cast, including Edward Norton, oh, the Hulk, Dave Batista, oh, that's awesome, Janine M- Monday, Catherine. Catherine Hennan, and Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, Je- Jessica Henwick, and Madeline Ch- Klein. It will release this holiday season, and it's not the end of the Nights Out franchise either. Blank and his instantly recognizable accent are slated to return for a third film, thanks to the company's four hundred fifty million dollars deal to acquire two sequels. Ouch. So. Yeah, we got an all-star cast with Dave Batista, the animal. Get ready for hijinks. Meanwhile, as hijinks continue, Funko has bought the high-end film merch company Mondo. No. So, yeah, Funko bought them. And now so they would buy Mondo. And this is due to the fact that Mondo has been on life on a financial lifeline for the company during the COVID nineteen COVID-19 pandemic, and they're expanding its chain of movie theaters as the Hollywood box office begins to bounce back. The time has come for two companies to part ways. Essentially, saying that, League said in a statement, uh, "Now nah, the dark days behind us, and each weekend bringing box office success." Alamo is seizing opportunities to grow our cinema footprint with seven new locations across the country that have been announced recently and more to come. As the company resources are focused on this growth, we realize that perhaps a bold and exciting new chapter is about to begin for Mondo. Over the past few months, we searched exhaustively to find a perfect partner who we saw uh, what was unique and special about Mondo, oh, and was in position to meaningfully invest in Mondo, nurture the team, and further its reach and vision. Fuck, oh, it's exactly that unicorn! Yeah. So they had to also release a statement to reassure collectors that the company remains very much intact as it makes this transition to Funko. So get ready for hijinks ensuing. Meanwhile, Dying Light 2 patch 1.4 will kick off five year plan with tons of new content. According to the press release, each chapter, as it was called, will introduce new characters and factions and will be absolutely free content that's pretty permanently add to the game we will be able to play this at any time. Chapters are a new thing for us, an experiment with our science lab, designer, the lead designer tells IGN. We have quite a lot of, th- though, never, though never enough, experience in supporting our games in the long run, but this is kind of a seasonal format something we never did before in the history of the Dying Light franchise. It has quite a few good things in it, all of it free for our players. So we hope that it will excite them and inspire them to share their opinions with us. Through this chapter's additions, players will be able to help Nightrunner Harper ward off the special infected, protect the people of Vandor, in exchange for access to some powerful, never-before-seen equipment. The patch will also include a variety of features, including a new rank system and unlockables, daily and weekly bonus bounties in exchange for reputation points, two new currencies, new enemies including the mutated infected, the violet... The Volatile Tyrant, and The Volatile Hive. Chapter mission time trials that will test your stealth, parkour, or combat skills. The long-awaited photo mode. So, yeah. This is part of the big five-year plan to basically have massive amount of content for the next five years. As the DLC is, was delayed, and it has a new DLC for it, but it will be coming in September. I haven't played Dying Light. I heard a bunch of people were mixed about it, specifically how the story just stopped. So, I I, I haven't played it for myself. I've seen Dying Light 1's video stuff, but I wasn't at all interested because... Eh... I just kind of lost interest in zombies. Like, i only play Resident Evil from time to time. Meanwhile, Resident Evil Village is getting full third-person mode. Capcom is adding an option to play the entirety of Resident Evil Village from a third-person viewpoint, but you'll need to buy the new DLC to access it. You couldn't just... make this... uh... patch. Okay. Mmm. You suck. Also, Shadows of Rose, the next DLC event for Resident Evil Village, will be coming on October 8th, so... <laughs> yeah, given that we got teased that Ethan is still alive at the end of the game, he'll likely be a factor into this, and showing that Chris Redfield in- assisting Chris Redfield, the character Rose, as a teenager, and... Uh, let's see, will we see the return of Lady Dematres, considering how popular she got for the more inspiring fan base, to say the least. Also, Resident Evil 4 getting a remake, its new ma- gameplay and appears to confirm a major new edition. So, yeah. At the Capcom showcase, they, they went ahead and confirmed that there will be a major addition in the process. Okay, hear me out. It's very big. It's such a big deal. Read, hear my lips. Leon can can move while aiming his gun. <laughs> yeah, I I I don't know how that was even a thing for the last how is that um I think you could have done that before on the PlayStation. This is something I think has existed like since the beginning of Shooters, especially. You mean to tell me... I have never played Resident Evil 4 in the original, but I... I, 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 Now that this is the first time hearing it, you couldn't move while aiming your gun? (sighs) Oh god damn it. Like, was all the rebooting stuff just like forgotten? Like, oh no, we forgot to put it in a dual third-person shooter perspective to let him move while he's shooting. Uh yes. Meanwhile, um Sonic Frontiers is now revealed to be part of a Sonic movie inbreeding process, as in um Sonic Frontiers' this combat was inspired by the Sonic Movie, whereas Sonic Movie was inspired by the games, because of course, so, oh man, can we just get good characters and a story? So, yeah, they're, they're, the, 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 it's come full circle, essentially, so yeah, they announced that, yeah, in previous titles we never really put a high emphasis on combat, this time we implemented a more fleshed out combat system because we felt it was necessary to have more elements to enjoy within the open zone. There are plenty of action games with combat out there, but for this game we put an emphasis on making these battles feel like a true Sonic experience. The movie cut really caught me by surprise, Kishimoto said... We have been focusing on Sonic as supposed to run, jump fight within our games, but the movie showed us an entirely new approach. This came with a great interpretation of Sonic, which became a huge inspiration for Sonic Frontiers' development. The direction we took up for combat was inspired by the movie. After watching it, I came over with a vision for the game's combat. He we also went on to say that it's great to have a positive rivalry like that. Like if the movies do one thing, we want to counter over with our next game and vice versa. It's a case of art imitating game and game imitating right back. Okay. Like you probably could have just. Okay. Okay. Oh man. I'm kind of surprised that we're we're really going the full circle route. But uh yeah, that's about it for this part here. We're gonna take a brief ad break, and we'll be back to you after these messages. This was Near Reality Collective. Check out my uh, check out the advertisements and whatnot, and be sure to see y'all soon in a little bit. And if you feel like the need to use the bathroom, please do because I know these podcasts can be possible. All right. It's Sunday night, I have no long-term relationships going on for me, and I'm here to talk about pop culture news talk and video games, and especially not at all about Todd Howard's Starfield game, and I'm already hesitating on him. Because he's crazy. Like, he he committed a war crime. He, He made Fallout 76. That alone is worth multiple war crimes. He must be tried for this, damn it. And then the uh, repeated offenses he did with Fallout 76 every single week to the point that Jim's, James Stephanie Sterling could have easily made a sub-series about it, and it probably would get the same amount of episodes as the Jimquisition got over the years. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about Starfield. So, yeah, after the events of... uh Fallout 4 and other games that we don't want to talk about, uh, one of the most divisive moments for people was the fact that Fallout 4 had a voice. The main character was given a voice. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's been announced by Bethesda via a tweet. Announced that Starfield's main character, a.k.a. you, will not have a voice. He will be the silent protagonist. Yep. (laughs) So... Yeah, considering Fallout 4 spoken dialogue was considered controversial among fans at the time, as it resulted in dialogue choices that felt s- too simplistic, Bethesda reacted to the feedback and went back to the more nuanced conversations with NPCs with the silent protagonist, because paying for voice acting to just say those nuanced conversations was just asking too much. Of course. But, this, conti- this starts off a series of talks regarding the gameplay that came out as a ship customization. And they have announced that it will have space combat That in this video presentation that I watched, and it was pretty damn good. It kinda was very interesting how they handled it, but there were some glaring omissions, like the engine looked a little rough for me, and this is the new engine, the Creation Engine 2. But, at the same time, and, and this is the important part, we still have a year left before the game comes out, so a lot of improvements can be made by then, hopefully, and Bethesda does not get lazy, even since this is the, what, first in the post-Microsoft acquisition era that Bethesda has to make an ace, ace in the whole moment after the debacle of Fallout 76, and then after getting bought by, by Microsoft and Xbox. Yeah. So, Starfield had featured space combat, But one of the glaring omissions that people had was that No Man's Sky is. um, No Man's Sky featured the seamless transition between space to planet. And they announced that Starfield will not have that seamless transition, saying that it's really just not that important. Oh dear. people have asked saying can you fly the ship straight down to the planet and he said no we decided early in the project that on surface is one reality and then when you're in space it's another reality no it's not and also there is a there was even a trend going on for No Man's Sky because Starfield does resemble it a little bit Todd Howard said that he saw a different need for Starfield, explaining that the time spent making that feature worked in off of the payoff that the team was looking for in the terms of quality. I'm like, you could probably release that later down the road in a patch, so you can focus more on the gameplay, but okay. Saying, if you really try to spend a lot of time engineering the in-between, like that singe, you're just spending a lot of time on something that's really just not that important to the player. I mean, it's kind of important to the player. They want to see the spectacle and wonder of it all, of feeling like you're an actual astronaut instead of just getting a cut to black, black loading screen. So Howard reasoned out with that and said, So let's make sure it's awesome when you're on the surface and awesome when you're in space. And those realities look and play as good as they can be watch. There's going to be a mod coming out when this game comes out that will feature feature seamless transition. Like, let the mod team do it. That's basically what I feel like. It's going to say, and then Todd Howard's going to claim credit about this, and then go ahead and say, oh, well, this was part of my grand plan. I'm Todd Howard. But... Starfield also will feature four big cities. We only seen one so far. New Atlantis, the capital city of the United Colonies, it is not just the biggest in this game, but bigger than anything in Skyrim, Fallout 4, or any of the developers' previous games. Dear God. Massive. It has all the services you expect, and you can work on your ship there. The factions touch that. But that's also the headquarters of the Constellation, which is the faction that you join, that is the last group of Space Explorers. Kind of this NASA meets Indiana Jones meets League of Extraordinary Gentlemen group. I explained explain that Starfield's main quest, which he said would be longer than any previous professor game, at between 30 to 40 hours long, will mostly take place in partnership with the Constellation, and thus through Atlantis. The sea will feature much more than that, of course, as playing of side will also start and take place there. As the capital city of the United Colonies faction, it will seemingly also serve as the starting point for that quest line too. And Todd Howard also decided to reveal, after this whole thing, during the presentation, that there will be over a thousand planets to explore. By God. So what I'm guessing here is that these thousand planets make up one entire open world, and we're getting small incremental ports areas of sorts. That's my guess, at least. I could be horribly wrong, and I could be wrong from this. We have to see how this game looks and see how far the details go when the fans really break it down and look into it. But, uh, for those who were wondering about Starfield, uh, this comes out before Elder Scrolls 6. So, Elder Scrolls 6 will be the next game after Starfield, and then after Elder Scrolls 6 will be Fallout 5. Yep, they just casually announced that. Say yes, Elder Scrolls 6 is in pre-production, and you know we're going to be doing Fallout Five after that. So our state's pretty full of going forward for a while. Yes, yeah, so other projects that we look at from time to time as well. How about, uh, <laughs> yeah, hand it over to Obsidian, the also a part of Microsoft. C- can you just do that? Howard had previously said that the studio has an idea for Fallout 5 in place, saying Fallout is really part of our DNA here, I'm like it came with a lot of bad blood with Interplay, so yeah. We work with other developers from time to time, I can't see what's going to happen, you know, we have a one pager on Fallout 5, what we do, however Howard had confirmed that it would definitely be on the way after Elder Scrolls 6. Of course, at Bethesda's current pace of production, it will still likely be many years before we see what Fallout 5 actually is, and today in the interview, how confirmed that work started on Starfield in late 2013, meaning it will be over seven years from start to finish when the game arrives. The last mainline Elder Scrolls series arrived in 2011 and never stopped coming out to the point that everyone feels tortured to death. And the Elder Scrolls Six game was pushed back because the team wanted to make Starfield first, much to everyone's anger. Not in regards to that. I'm talking about in regards to the famous Skyrim grandmother that still plays Fa- still plays Elder Scrolls to no end, and sadly will always be mad about it. She wants to play Elder Scrolls Six before she passes away, and damn it, I'm rooting for that. We just need to hope for a miracle on that or the least Todd Howard could invite her and tell her the story that he had that that they have in mind for Elder Scrolls 6 and make her a character in the game down the road. Wouldn't that be cool? Make her this very wise like maybe immortal old woman that knows so much and has seen the history of the, of, a, of, the of, of the world and knows so many characters that we have heard from the Elder Scrolls games, get a small reference, you know, like how in Fallout New Vegas, we get a reference to the old Fallout games that Airplay made and even mentioned that, that I believe everything worked out for our Fallout 2 main character. When one of the companions from Fallout 2 showed up in Fallout New Vegas, wouldn't that be cool? Just do that. If, if, if it can take, the, if, it, if she passes away before that can happen. So, anyways, enough about me dreaming for a potential idea they could do in, in exchange because they can't let her play it. it because it'll take forever. Uh, HBO Max Latin America will be taking the Dark Knight to the Aztec Mexico in a new projectile, Batman Azteca. I mean, Azteca. Okay, I'm not pronouncing the Spanish title. Uh, let's t- let's re- get what the translated version says. Aztec the Batman, Clash of Empires. The original Spanish-language animated film will place the world's greatest detective, Imayco Aztec, in center of viewers in the arcane culture of Mesoamerica, borrowing beats from the Batman origin story. The film will follow the young Aztec boy, who I cannot pronounce his name, as he trains under his mentor, developing new equipment and weaponry in the Temple of T- to succumb to the bat god whatever but unlike other batman stories it's like three jokers and no one begins batman Nolan's batman begins where saw Bruce Wayne choosing not to exact revenge against his paris killer this project will seem to will seem to center on him going after the spanish conquistadors who have murdered his father the village leader oh god it's gonna be this my name is Batman. You killed my father, Spanish conquistadores. Prepare to die. If they don't make a joke on that, it's going to be funny. Yeah. So the film will be it produced entirely in Mexico and showcased local top talent. In addition, an expert of Mesoamerican studies and ethnic history... In of Mexico in the Aden region will look closely with the team to ensure the indigenous representation portrayed in the film is appropriate and relevant. So, uh, continuing the usage of Batman, 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 Batman! Keep bringing more Batman stuff! Because we can't stop there, can we? Meanwhile, Wonder Man! Wonder Man is coming to the MCU! with Andrew Guest as head writer, and I'm trying to wonder who would name their children Guest. I mean, that just sounds weird. So, the the head writer of this TV series, Andrew Guest, (laughs) uh... We'll be backed with Shang-Chi director Dustin Daniel Crichton and who will serve as the executive producer of the series, and yeah, he, the comedic angle for Wonder Man makes show makes guest a good fit as the writer had previously worked on network comedies like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Community, 30 Rock. In terms of the FCU, guest served as producer on the Hawkeye Disney Plus series. Wonder Man is a character from the M- from the Marvel Comics universe who has yet to appear in the MCU. The real name is Simon Williams, and he inherits his father's wealthy company that falls on hard times thanks to Tony Stark. Blaming Tony for his troubles, Williams decides to infiltrate the Avengers with the help of the villain Baron Z- Zemo. Oh, he is turned into an iron ion-powered superhero, and after a few balls with the Avengers, ultimately joins their ranks. Wow, crazy origin story. That sounds more like a villain. Wonderman! Coming to you, to a local Disney network near you. Meanwhile, Dragon's Dogma number two, officially in development, and is being built on the RE engine. Dragon's Dogma. The director of the original one announced the sequel at the end of the 10 years of Dragon's Dogma livestream aim and besides as a new game on the, being developed on the RE engine, they received no further information besides the logo on the shirt worn by the director. So, yeah, I can't I can't pronounce his name, but he's also best known for his work on Devil May Cry and Dragon's Dogma's original focus on real-time comment in a dark medieval fantasy world and cheap fans, but, what, but it was the deep action system, AI-controlled allies, and the deep RPG roots that earned a lot of fans, even when the series failed financially. So it took them over 10 years to bring that back. Most franchises, when they fail financially, don't do that. So meanwhile, because you had enough of Batman, let's have more Batman. Because coming soon to a comic near you, there will be Mark Wade's next comic book event. Miniseries, whatever. It will be... Batman vs. Robin. <sighs> do we really have to do this again? Anyways, So, Batman vs. Robin along with the new Tim Drake Robin series appears to have taken the place of the ongoing Robin series starring Damian Wayne which is now soliciting a new issue in September, which also follows writer Joshua Lewis' exit from the series after issue 17. The series, which will be featuring oversized issues, sees the always fraught relationship between Bruce Wayne and Damian Wayne bubble over into full-blown conflict, calling it an epic battle of icons years in the making. For his part, Asar described the series as an event to shake things up for Bruce's world. Of course. The spirit spins out Mark Waits' Batman Superman to world finest and the current Shadow War Batman Robin Deathstroke Incorporated crossover by writer Jocelyn Williamson. Deep in the heart of the Lazarus Island, the demonic legacy of the Al Ghul family line has at last been freed, and the devil Nezia is out for blood. In a bid to reclaim total dominion over Earth, Nezia supercharges magic and anyone who uses it to get overtaken by demonic evil that supercharges their magical abilities to dangerous, unpredictable, even deadlier levels. Damien falls into Nezia's clutches and Dane and Bruce is haunted by the return of an old friend while the father and son are pit against one another. Nezia is the main villain in the First World's Finest arc. Uh, so the writer revealed that yes the first arc of World Finance was always designed to be deliberately led to what's going to be Batman vs. Robin and there is something I do want to mention uh, there has been sayings that next year's DC Comics' next big event comic will focus on magic instead of cosmic level car chaos Let's hope Zatala kicks some ass. In fact, there is a variant cover featuring her, so. yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Donnie Cates and Ryan Stigma's Vanish launch date materializes from Image Comics. The next big series for, for Vanish, a brand new dark fantasy series by Donnie Cates, Ryan Stigma, JP Meyer, and Sobin Obak, and John J. Hill, originally announced in August 2021, will be finally released in September. Vanish will follow the mythical hero Oliver Harrison, who has slain the great threat to his realm when he was just a child. Now he lives a relatively cookie cutter life, but he is also an addict with mental health struggles and a smoking habit. The arrival of a superhero team Prestige makes him believe his own memories again. But at what cost? Sick and tired of all these young adult stories about magic and wizards and destiny and love, blah, blah, blah. Well, good news. We are, too. So we may vanish to answer the question we've all been asking. What if magic was metal? <laughs> I just this is the project that right now we've been secretly building and working on quietly in the background for years now. We cannot wait to unleash it onto you. And the fun part for us is, well, pay close attention, like the reveal of any great magic trick. You'll never see this one coming. Ryan Stigma added, Vanish is the most exciting pro- thing I've done, I've drawn. Doing an image comic has always been my ultimate goal as a creator, and we pulled out all the stops to make this special. Donnie's Donnie and my goal was to, this project is to create something that we can never do at Marvel, and, well, we succeeded at what I assure you. Fans of Venom, God Country, Thor, and crossover will eat up, says says John J. Hill. The entire creative team is working magic on every page. It will also feature covers from Ryan Stigma, Daniel Warren Johnson, Ed McGuinness, and Greg Capullo. Ah, uh, yes. Greg Capullo. He's been doing a lot with Scott Snyder. And last but not least, the biggest piece of news joker 2 is a reportedly getting talks from according to the hollywood reporter there have been talks that lady gaga i am not kidding will be the, taking the role of harley quinn Saying the potential take on Harley Quinn are being kept under our wraps, but it would be different than Mar- Margaret Robbie's Harley Quinn as the character would be in separate DC universe. They have nothing else to say about the potential of the seagull to being in nothing else to say about the potential of the seagull to Joker, but uh, There have been rumors going around that it will be a musical. Walking Phoenix, uh, it's also said to be close to getting a deal to bring back a Walking Phoenix as the role of the Joker, and yeah, it does. And if they do go with the sequel and they go with Lady Gaga being a musical number as Harley Quinn, I will kind of be morbidly curious about it. I don't know how that would work. I like Joker and Harley Quinn singing like that—that's something I can believe because they're crazy. And Lady Gaga being the character of Harley Quinn—I never picture that. I never imagined that. There is artwork. There's even in the thumbnail of my YouTube port version of this video that has Harley Quinn being drawn by Boss Logic, by as Lady Gaga, and that looked cool. But people were kind of mixed about the idea. Uh, we'll just have to see when this goes down the road. <laughs> it sounds insane, doesn't it? <laughs> Lady Gaga is the next Harley Quinn, the third one, next with Robbie and Kaylee Coco, Coco whatever, I, I'm pretty sure I can't pronounce that. The latter, who stars in the animated series Harley Quinn. And they, it seems we got three Harley Quinns running around, we got two Batmans running around. But Warner Media said it was too much to ask for two freaking Dark Sides. That's why they canceled the New Gods movie, despite Zack Snyder, reportedly, because they couldn't imagine having two Dark Sides. Because we could have, like, two different Batman, two different uh, Barry Allens, a Supergirl, we can't imagine that. We can't imagine three Harley Quinns existing at once. That would be stupid and would dilute our brand. By the way, uh, how would you like to see Batman, Batgirl, Nightwing, another Batman, and all coming together for the Bat family, all for the low, low price of $4.99 a month? And we mean that in the 500 catalog. oh oh god so yeah this was a crazy week Uh, we'll see how that goes with Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn we'll have to see how that looks if if she is casted but yeah it's just insane this was Neo Reality Collective stay tuned for this last outro break and ad break We'll see you all again next time. Feel free to check out my other content throughout the YouTube space. Peace. We'll see you all again next time and stay tuned for more. Peace out and take care, everybody. And keep popping. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels, such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse,
1: and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.